Kia ora everyone, you are listening to Quarantine Days, a young woman's guide to life under and after lockdown. I'm your host, Verity Johnson, and this podcast is proudly powered by the YWCA. Kia ora, kia ora, kia ora. Welcome back to our final episode of Quarantine Days. My name's Verity. It is a pleasure to have you here this final time. And my God, it has been a few full on weeks. So I wanted to take this time in this episode today to stop and reflect on what lockdown's actually been like for us. Because for many of us, even though officially we went down on level one on Monday, it's actually such a ongoing thing in our mind. And I also think it's super important for us to collect our experiences of lockdown, our histories, especially as young Wahini Tawa in New Zealand. What was lockdown like and what were our reflections? So today's episode is a little bit of a reflective one. We're going to look back at some of the great stuff that happened from lockdown. Yes, ironically enough, there was good stuff. And then some of the genuinely shittier parts of it. And then I'm going to tell you about an exciting initiative that we're doing at the end where you can get involved and we can create a digital audio landscape. And so I've been stewing over for the last few days what my own experiences of lockdown was like. And the first thing that I was actually really grateful that it happened is that we stopped seeing loneliness as an intrinsic thing, but realized it was actually situational. Now, what does that mean? Okay, well, before lockdown, most people saw loneliness as this inherent moral failing, as though if you were lonely, it was because you were a shit human who nobody wanted to spend time with. Basically, it was your fault. Now, you know, anyone who's actually ever been lonely will tell you that's not really the case a lot of the time. I can tell you there were periods of extreme loneliness in my life, which was largely actually just situational, like I just moved countries. And what I think that lockdown did was that it made people realize what us lonely people already knew, which is that loneliness is actually largely circumstantial to you all the time. You know, being in your 20s is always a bit lonely, which no one ever tells you, but it really is. And like I was saying, times like moving countries or other big life experiences, they actually do have a big impact on your loneliness. But we never acknowledge that. We always assume that loneliness is just this inherent flaw, this inherent failing of you as a human. And Really, it's not. And the thing that lockdown did is that it made people be stick, like stuck in their own bubble or on their own. And people suddenly started realizing that it's not necessarily a sign of someone being an inherently morally corrupt human. Rather, loneliness is actually a huge product of your surroundings. And there was also something that happened when people realized um, how empty some of their relationships were in lockdown. And this is another part of loneliness, which we never really talk about, which is in reality, some of those deep senses of loneliness and isolation in the world come from not that we don't have friendships, but the friendships that we have aren't connecting or resonating on an actual authentic level. They're just people who you hang out with and that's all right, but it doesn't actually mean anything. And you kind of feel like your soul as a human is still untouched and unacknowledged. Now, what lockdown did was because it made us really re-examine our relationships, I think a lot of us actually understood for the first time that we had all these kind of shitty, fragile relationships and um, the fact that we were all stopped to force and confront what it is and our own sensations of it and actually the fact that a lot of us went through that feeling of isolation and loneliness in lockdown, I think that gave us some good breakthroughs in how we keep seeing it. So hopefully we have some more compassion for this post-lockdown, fingers crossed. The second thing that I really liked that lockdown did is that it actually made me realize the strengths of the relationships that we have. In, a, in a, this funny way, it felt 
during lockdown because the stakes were so high that it put a really sharp sense of focus on the things or the people that I actually really care about. Because when the stakes are heightened that much, everything you thought that you cared about, you soon realize that you actually don't. It just falls away. All of that shit you were obsessed about, it just fritters into nothingness. And what is important to you rises to the top and it becomes really, really evident that this is the shit you care about. So for me, it was um, all about my relationships and I suddenly felt the full power of my family and my partner, my real friends. And it became really obvious that these relationships were things I was willing to live and die for. We all know that lockdown's supposed to be a great source of focus and whatever. But the thing is, is that it's actually really easy in real life when you're in the hubbub. You actually forget the stuff that makes you really happy and you don't have that sense of clarity about what it is you're actually chasing. And despite the craziness that lockdown entailed, it was actually a really useful time period because it gave me the sense of clarity about what I actually was willing to give a fuck about, you know? And that was quite a rare experience. It certainly cleared away all the confusion I previously had. The third thing I was really stoked about, and I don't know if you felt this as well, but was the concept of actively practicing compassion. Like being a good human became quite normal. I know that what we saw in lockdown was some instances of actually humans being really shit, like in the supermarket, um, screaming at checkout workers and taking in all of your frustrations on this poor person who has paid minimum wage to sit there and just listen to you rant at them. That wasn't cool. On the other hand, I don't know if you guys saw this, but what I felt in the, on an everyday tiny individual level during lockdown, we got a little bit kinder. And I'll give you an example. So I live in the central city. Now, normally in the central city, no one ever acknowledges anybody else when you walk past them. You don't smile. You don't laugh. No, 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 no. That does not happen. During lockdown, on those government-mandated walks twice a day, um, people would say hi to me. I'd talk to them. We'd have long chats, bit of banter. I'd talk to them about their pets. This never happened. But because in lockdown, we were all going through so much shit, and we knew everyone else was going through so much shit, it's like we just became a little bit nicer to other humans we met in this tiny little acknowledgement of, hey, your life's probably a bit crazy right now. I feel ya. Let's have a chat about the weather. Now we're back with our own crazy lives and all the thrill and the busyness coming back. And I've got a feeling that compassion and active compassion is going to become a little less valued now that we're all busy again. And that kind of makes me sad because I did miss smiling randomly at my neighbors who I'd never met until three years later during lockdown. I was forced to talk to them. Even if we don't sustain this practice in the future, at least we know now that we are capable of being good humans on a little level and that humanity as a whole is not fucked. Although, while we're talking about humanity being a bit shit at the moment, there were some really, really tough parts of lockdown for me. And I'm not just talking about the situational stuff, because that was obviously a huge, huge pressure, like with money and making sure your friends are okay and safety, really kind of immediate base level concerns. But one of the most problematic things, one of the most irritating things that I found, and I hope you also, I hope it's not just me feeling this, um, but people who played the who had it harder lockdown game, 
and you've probably had this yourself, when you start talking about your lockdown experience, there will always be someone who had it worse. You know, you'll be like, oh, I um, had to look after my little sister for nine hours a day or whatever, or I had to look after my kids or I had to work. And then someone else will be like, well, I looked after five orphaned children and two elephants and a tiger and I washed all of our clothes and a ringer outside in the dead of night as icicles formed on my nose and hyenas ate my fingers and I got frostbite and then I curled up and I just set myself on fire and I still couldn't warm myself up and that was my lockdown it was horrific. So <laughs> this is just someone you've only had like one tiny casual conversation with. But I found that um, this is such a normal, well, no, not normal, not normal, but a, such a common experience for you to try and talk about your lockdown experience. And someone will be like, no, I had it shittier as though we're playing in some sort of shitty Olympics where it's like whoever had the worst experience wins gold. And uh, like as frustrating as it is, I know why people do this. I mean, if you've had something traumatic happen to you when we're all talking about these experiences it naturally comes out of you you know it spills out and you want to talk about it because it still hurts you know and it's because it's fresh it's a wound right but i also think that um we do need to practice a little bit more compassion in these situations as well just stop playing this game because it's dumb not only does it not really achieve anything but also it's not really a competition to see who had the worst lockdown someone might genuinely have had a really awful time and someone else might have just been like pretty cruisy and baked a lot of banana bread. But we don't know what everyone went through. But crucially, we also don't know what everyone's coping skills are. You know, some people never have a tough life. Some people never have anything hard happen to them. So when lockdown happens and they lose their shit and you think they're overreacting slightly, it might just be because they've never had anything difficult happen to them before. So this is their first time. So I kept having to remind myself to act with more compassion and understanding and be like, look, not everyone has the same level of coping and we just need to acknowledge that. The second thing that was a bit shit about lockdown is, I don't know about you, but it kind of felt like the entire world turned shit at the same time. I mean, not only was there coronavirus and the deaths and the toll on public health, but the recession that's apparently coming, but then all this brutality and tragedy of the police and systemic racism in America came up and then our own problems with the armed police trials here came up and it just felt that when it rained, it poured. And in a lot of ways, it's become really hard to act normal again because it actually feels like we're still paralyzed by anger and sadness and grief about the world. Yeah, we went down to level one on Monday, but it still feels like we're on fire. I think that's been one of the hardest things is stepping back and trying to be like, how do you keep going when you're so full of anger and grief? And I think the first thing we have to do is acknowledge that it's very, it's very, it's very natural and you should be full of anger and grief. And there's a lot of fucked up stuff that happens in the world. So if you weren't full of anger and grief, you're probably not thinking about it enough. But the second thing that has given me a little bit of consolation during lockdown is that we can focus on tiny actions that we can do. Like everything that's coming out of America is so tragic, but we can help in a tiny way by donating to bail funds. And that's a really useful thing we can do to help get protesters who are rightly campaigning for justice out of jail. And then even in New Zealand, we can read up on our own history and racism in New Zealand, or we can do small things like writing to the police to stop the armed police trials or writing to our MPs. Um, Even if you had to do what I had to do and look up who your MP is because you've never written to them before. But you can do that stuff. And the response to the armed armed police trials and the fact that they've now said they're going to stop them is a direct response of these tiny actions of everyone writing into the police and writing into their MPs. So we actually did manage to make a tiny bit of a change there. 
And lastly, one of the shittiest things about lockdown, which I think a lot of us are struggling with, is that we're okay in New Zealand, but we have loved ones trapped in countries all around the world and we're terrified for them. Most of us Kiwis are flung around the world anyway, and we'll have someone who's in the US where Trump's COVID strategy is non-existent, or the UK where it's patchy at best, and we are shit scared for them. And it's terrifying being here with everything feeling safe, looking at people we love who are still in it. You feel guilty. You want to put them back on a plane immediately to New Zealand and say, shelter here with us. We'll protect you and feed you Jaffas. God, just get out. And I think it's been really difficult for me and for everyone who's got family overseas in that you feel helpless you feel like you can't do anything about it and you realize the people you love are in danger in some way it's hard and there is not really a solution except keeping abreast of the facts and not getting into those toxic cycles of negative news stories and oh my god the entire world's on fire you know staying away from the daily mail and just trying to get a logical appraisal of the facts and a realistic assessment of the risk and just staying with that. That's kind of it. But to everyone out there who, like me, has got lots of loved ones overseas right now and you're worried about it, I hear you. Now, that was just me giving you a bit of an overview of some of the reflections that I've had about lockdown. On the whole, it kind of feels so a great many things, a great lot of life-changing experiences have actually happened in a very short period of time for me. But yeah, the reason I wanted to talk to you about this today is the, the why we're collecting stories of young women and their experiences of lockdown for you and your family members. So what we want to know is what was it like for you? Tell us your story of how, how did it go down? Were you scared? Were you terrified? Were you just pretty cruisy, actually? Just nothing really happened. And where are you at now? So if you want to be involved, um, flick us a message or a DM on Instagram, YWCA Auckland, and we will collect your story and put you and make this happen as part of our amazing digital archive. And we're doing this in collaboration with YWCA Whangarei, and hopefully we we're going to get a nationwide appeal here. So if you know other people around the country and you're keen, let us know. In the meantime, it's been an absolute pleasure coming to you guys and talking to you all. Thank you for all the messages, all of the feedback. It's been incredible to know that we actually do make a little bit of a difference and that together we can have a chat and that hopefully some of you are feeling a little less shit about life. Hearing your response and feedback has been the most powerful, impressive, enjoyable part of my job. So thank you for making that feel so awesome. Um, I will still be hanging around and you will see me again soon in the podcast medium. But for now, I just wanted to say thank you and I hope you're all staying safe out there and I'm sure we will meet again in the near future. I will be podcasting again soon, I can tell you. In the meantime, just keep abreast of my developments. Verity Courage Johnson on Instagram and the YWCA Auckland on Instagram as well. We will be here for you, having these corridors, having these chats, making sure we are still there and still having a yarn because, let's face it, we ain't fixed yet. But in the meantime, it's been a pleasure. And for now, Kakatiano. Thanks for tuning in on this week's episode of Quarantine Days. I've been your host, Verity Johnson, and if you've enjoyed this corridor, then make sure you follow us on Spotify. This podcast was proudly powered by the YWCA.